Ghislaine Maxwell is dead. That's not true. Fake news. Tired fake of news. Being in jail. This is no, like, actually, I, you know this what? Is the second. Yeah, go ahead. I'll say this. Spoiler uh-huh. alert. Because we are from the future. We are recording this episode in... Uh, future noise, future noise. Early August 2020. <laughs> no, uh, no, I, 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 was, I was saying my pithy little joke there. Glenn Maxwell is dead. And then Ellipses, tired of being in prison. Because mm. uh, I made that same joke about Jeffrey Epstein. But then he did die, so I guess that wasn't cool of you're me the, to do. You're the angel of death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, well. You spoke it out loud, and it came true. That's, uh, that's Jewish magic, baby. <laughs> that's Kabbalism right there. That's what they want to take from us. <laughs> do you think she's... Okay, so wait. I will say this. Mm-hmm. Before, I mean, we got a lot to get into once we start this episode properly. But... Um, I'm back on thinking that she's going to die. Lay it out for me, honey. I don't know. I, you know, I um, was listening in on the hearing today, which again, Mm -hmm. we'll get into. And hearing them say, okay, the trial date is set for July 2021. Yes. I was like, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way. That does seem like a long fucking time. I don't even know what that means. Well, I've been putting, we'll get to this, not to say this for the third time in an intro. We're going to talk about this a little bit more later too, (laughs) but, uh, but I'm, I'm more towards thinking she's going to get COVID. Well, like real going to get COVID or like, she's going to get COVID. It wouldn't be hard to really give someone COVID. No, but you know what I mean? Like, do you really think like someone's going to go in there and be like, (laughs) like on purpose (laughs) Or do you think it's more like, oops, she got COVID? Or do you think it's like, ah, she got COVID? <laughs> um, well, I was really disturbed to hear reports uh, that, that, you know, her, her lawyer was complaining earlier today that she was uh, locked in a cell alone. Mm. Um, and immediately after the, after the bail hearing, um, reports came out that she actually has a new roommate. Who? Nicholas Tartaglioni. Welcome to fucking Truanon, baby. The only <laughs> and number one non-pedophile podcast in the entire world. You know what? We have not said that in a long time. And mm-hmm. I got to say, you know, it's very cute that you just went, bam, right into it. Because I was here thinking, man, it feels like we're back. We're back to the, back to the old me. You know, yeah. the meme? Oh, yeah. We're going, yeah. we're going back to the old me. This is like pure Epstein, pure Ghislaine, you, me, Young Chomsky, the old crew back together. We're going back through it. It's, yeah. I mean, to think like a week ago, I was uh, neck deep in reading about uh, Miguel Serrano trying to summon Wotan uh, to (laughs) defeat Kali Yuga or to to really be the, the hero or whatever of Kali Yuga. 
Uh, and now I finally get to think about a woman with probably the worst haircut in the continental United States. I was well. like kind of half listening to you when you said that and then misinterpreted Wotan as Wojak and got very yes. confused for a second. Yes. Well, it's Adolf Hitler is the avatar of Wojak, according to, to, <laughs> to Jung. Uh, we already introed it, but I will say again, welcome to True Anon. My name is, of course, Liz. My name, of course, is Wotan. <laughs> and we are joined by producer Young Chomsky. And like we said, we got a Classico true and on up for you. Because right, Miss Ghislaine Maxwell arrested mm-hmm. in the clink, awaiting trial. Guess what? The hearing for her bail hearing was today. And your favorite uh, non-pedophile podcasters... We're listening in. Yeah, I got to say, I uh, so it was scheduled at uh, 10 a.m. Pacific time, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern. And uh, turns out I, uh, you know, I don't sleep. Yeah. Around 4 a.m. last night, I was taking some sleeping pills. And I was like, eh, I wonder if this will work. And uh, then I woke up at 9.50, terrified <laughs> in a cold sweat, to a text message from Liz that was from like an hour before saying, I'm in, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got up uh, not early, but got up and uh, um, got on the call, made it real quick. There was like, uh, I think I was like the, uh, it was like 257 people, I think, when I got in. So not a lot of people tuning in, but uh, yeah, we made it. We listened. We came. We saw. We, she's uh, still alive. She is still alive, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, and we have, I want to say, before before we really get started here, there have been a lot of people being like, where are pictures of Ghislaine? Where are pictures of Ghislaine? I think thinking that like either she's dead or they didn't really arrest her. Mm. But uh, today, finally, actually, this already happened. But today, again, uh, people were able to get eyewitness accounts of Miss Maxwell. Um, in the from, flesh. In the flesh. From, well, on the Zoom. video flesh. Yeah, yeah, Zoom. Could be deep fake. Yes, yes. Uh, she did say long live the new flesh uh, as, her, <laughs> as her defense instead of guilty or not guilty. Um, but I, I received, some, we received rather some pretty uh, damning descriptions of her appearance. Um, yeah, oof. Yeah. I, I, I got to say there's now a courtroom sketch. Yes. Dear God. Not great. Um, I, okay, okay. Let me pause for a second because a couple questions here. Is because there's okay over the last couple of years there's been plenty of controversies over courtroom sketch artists. Yes. Why do they make people look like this? Is this mm-hmm. a, is this a joke? Is this a real job? Why did they make my nose two times bigger and me hunched over and rubbing my hands together with a beard? I don't even have a beard. That's what I'm saying. So here's my question. Is this a real job? What are they doing? <laughs> are they real sketch artists? Because no. I don't, I mean, this, no. this sketch of Ghislaine, I, I don't even know what to say about it. The woman does not look well. Well, you remember that, that, uh, that painting of uh, Jesus Christ in Spain that the, mm. uh, the old but kind-hearted woman uh, took to restoring in sort of an amateur way. <laughs> yes. It was yes. it was kind of like if that was like on one end of the extreme and then the perfect 
picture of Jesus Christ, uh, peace be upon him, is on the other end. That was kind of like three quarters of the way towards the yes, old lady sketch. Absolutely. Yeah, Gillian looks like she tried to self-tan with fresco. Yes. Yeah. Her eyes are looking strange. Her haircut is not nearly as bad as it should be. Um, I, I will say, I, 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 Liz, if you'll allow me this indulgence, I am going mm. to read a brief description from a friend of the pod, Bill. I won't include his last name because uh, he probably doesn't want me to. She looks like she just had a hell of a layover on her way back from St. James and decided to spend six hours in the sauna before showing up to court. This is from somebody who was there and, uh, and actually got to see her. She actually popped in the screen like 10 minutes in before all the journalists were talking. Everyone was like, holy shit, is that her? Because she looks rough. She was put together, but has long shoulder-length hair, pulled into a bun, looking very dirty in just a t-shirt, not even the jumpsuit or jacket. And uh, she was very put together and formal until the judge's closing statement, which she realized she wasn't going to get it. And then she started tearing up and grabbing the table next to her and looking down. Mm, okay, wait. A couple of things I want to just, my little uh, spidey sense, lady spidey sense tingled. Mm -hmm. Her hair's grown out. Yes. Bad sense. Now, son. question. Is she going through something? Is this mm -hmm. COVID related? No mm -hmm. one can get a haircut. Because okay. Ghislaine has a very, you know, I mean, this is iconic look for her. It certainly is an iconic. Uh, yeah, iconic's not necessarily possible. Her, yeah, it's an like iconic kind of look. bizarre pixie uh, Kate plus eight vibe. Yes, yes, it, yeah, yeah. But if yeah. she's going full shoulder length, very interested. Now, to grow that to shoulder length, what is that? Like, that's a good eight, nine months of hair growth. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that we can talk about that in a little more when we get to some of her hiding details. Mm. Um, but yeah, I am, I am, well, I'd be surprised if she doesn't end up with bangs amidst all this. Ugh, well, she this is the is, crisis. Uh, this is, this is girls cast. Um, <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let's okay. get into it. I know, because we could just gab for ages, and we will mm. for the next, let's say, 45 minutes. Yes. So, where do we start? Well, first, let's start with one of the rumors. Yeah. Okay. So what's been really fun, before we get into the, the, what happened today at the, in the court proceedings, um, and there's a lot to get into there, there's just been, <laughs> I mean, look, longtime listeners of Turanon know I love the tabloids more than anything. And mm. my God, these people are out there doing God's work. There are just some incredible stories in the past week in between Ghislaine's arrest and her now court appearance. Some incredible stories in the press that we got to talk about, including, um, okay, here's one from the New York Post, that she is reportedly being moved from cell to cell to avoid, and this is their words, assassins. Hmm. That seems to me to be unlikely. Is. First of all, if you're an assassin, it doesn't really matter what cell they're in, right? Like, if you can get in the jail to kill somebody, like, it's not like you'll get tricked by which cell she's in. You'll just won't do it and do it later. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really make sense. But I, they, you know, they, they note that they are having her sleep. Uh, this is in the MDC. So she's not in the same prison that Jeffrey was in, but the MDC, which is in uh, Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. She's a lady, so she's got to go to Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they're having her sleep on a, uh, a bear mattress again in Brooklyn, uh, bear mattress, uh, paper clothes because mm -hmm. they're trying to mitigate, uh, you know, no Jeffrey Epstein style, uh, sheet 
hang hanged woman situation. Uh, but they say, uh, <laughs> so they say they're taking all these precautions, but still they're very, very cautious that all these assassins could be out in the prison looking for her. So former warden Cameron Lindsay previously told the post that the risks for high profile inmate like Maxwell are real quote to take someone out like that. That would be a badge of honor in the subculture of prisons. One thing I found that was pretty appalling, too, is that apparently she does get work release to go to her job at Beacon's Closet. Mm, yes. Uh, yes. So, so to, you know, I do not think that they are moving her from cell to cell to avoid <laughs> assassins. But she is, I think, at a high risk in MDC. And I say this for a few reasons. So back in June, uh, inmates at, uh, at, at the MDC actually filed an injunction, or had their lawyers rather, file an injunction against jail officials because they said that the coronavirus concerns were not being taken seriously, that nobody could see a doctor, that sick notes were shredded up. The judge, of course, denied this request. Uh, and and it, they filed the injunction to get better conditions, specifically pertaining to medical care. Um, the judge said no, but it was also discovered that jail officials had been shredding records that were pertinent to the case, which, you know, listen... I am not uh, an, a jail inspector, uh, but that seems like a bad sort of precedent to set. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It, it uh, she is being kept, according to her lawyers, uh, in, in basically not solid. I don't know if it's solitary confinement necessarily. They said just that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like that also could just be her lawyers being like. I mean, I guess if you don't have a roommate, it's well, it's un it's unclear but. if it's solitary confinement, basically because of who she is, or because of the fourteen day requirement because of coronavirus. Yes, that would make sense. Yeah, so it's like the there's reports that she is in solitary because of corona, but also then she might be put in solitary because of Gillian, basically. But if you thought that would uh, maybe increase her chances of surviving, um, then you should probably know that at the MDC, just this year, in the past few months, since COVID, literally in the, all this happened in the past two months, two inmates have been killed at the jail. One of them, a guy named Jamal Floyd, uh, uh, pepper sprayed to death by guards Jesus on June Christ. 3rd. I don't even That's... know, like... That's yeah. a lot of pepper spray. It's a lot of fucking pepper spray. And that is, I mean, you can kind of picture what that yeah. kind of scene was. It was Ugh. in his cell. Uh, another was a guy named Kenneth Hook. I don't really know how to pronounce it. H-O-U-C-K, which actually happened back in May, uh, but came to light on June 10th. Uh, Hook was a pedophile. Uh, mm. He. This is from an article about him. Uh, Hook traded child pornography in online communities. Investigators said he also held child pornography parties at his home in Philadelphia. Prosecutors wrote in court papers that Hook and other sex offenders would meet in person to view child pornography, discuss mol molestation, and take drugs. So not entirely like different than Galay necessarily, just in a less refined sort of way. Obviously, you don't want to be a pedophile in prison um, because uh, people will kill you. And you're often, I'm actually sort of surprised that, that Kenneth wasn't put into protective custody, but maybe he was and somehow they got around to killing him. But the fact that there's been very hazy details on the circumstances of this guy's death probably does not bode well for Ghislaine and her protection, right? Yeah. No, I mean, they're, I mean unless the jail does something yeah. when her lawyers ask for something it doesn't sound 
Doesn't sound like a good situation. No. And, 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 and you know, just further, there is high risk of getting coronavirus in this facility. Like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And we'll, yeah, let, we'll get into that in a little bit when we go through kind of uh, the particulars of how her lawyers were arguing some things today in court. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it should be said that that is actually legitimately a, a, a big risk and that, you know, COVID cases and deaths are spiking in prison populations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like massive. Yeah. And, you know, for a reason, it's not just because, uh, I mean, you know, to get a little like, okay, pause on Gillian for a second. It's not just because of close quarters. It's also because lack of care, lack of uh, any kind of real medical uh, mm-hmm. system, medical care, attention uh, to, you know, I mean, just absolute abject conditions that people are housed in um, uh, and just the, the horrific state of, you know, incarcerated populations. Yeah. And, and MDC, like prior to this, also just has in general a really bad reputation. I think even a worse reputation than MCC. Mm. So that is, and, and of course, like, you know, these latest concerns about medical care there. I mean, you can kind of start putting two, to do, two and two together and it is not, uh, not a promising sign. No. So what else do we got here? Well, we should say there was an interesting little gossip thing in the again in the post, mm-hmm. my paper of record, um, where <laughs> I mean this is like a okay so uh, the ref, uh, basically a friend a former friend of Gillian allegedly alleged alleged by him too by yeah <laughs> who goes by a pseudonym okay. So I'd like to, maybe we can, we can, you know, kind of think about who this might be. But a pseudonym, William Steele, Mm -hmm. classic name. Men with a pseudonym always go with Steele. That's always the last name of choice. I gotta say, William Steele is like classic 90s male porn star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. I like it. Um, Okay, so William Steele is uh, alleging that Ghislaine would boast that she had uh, lots of videos and films of powerful figures, including two high-profile U.S. politicians, having sex with underage girls. Um, You know, it goes on Steele, who claims he once swiped computer discs from the couple, meaning Ghislaine and Jeffrey, sent the discs. Yeah, I know. Computer CD-ROMs. You've got mail. Maybe it was Blu-ray. I don't know. Uh, But he said he wouldn't reveal the identities of who he saw, but they were doing everything and anything in bed. He also, yeah, he he says... That he had sex? No, that that's in, the anything. Everything and anything in bed is in reference to him admitting freely of his own volition that he had sex with Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, which that like, I am getting vibes from this one that mm. this is bullshit. Uh, I mean, he said, yeah, I was forced to watch their videos because they were trying to impress me. 
Um, I don't know. He's Reform Jewel Thief seems like such a romantic. Like, Sorry, pause for a second. We didn't mention this yet. He says he's a reformed jewel thief. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I've been looking for my jewel. No. So let me tell you, this, this guy gets around. Um, I don't know. I'm getting bullshit from this because he's also saying that, like, he, he said he sent the CDs to the authorities, which sounds to me totally like a lie. Right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's like... No, it's I mean, it, yeah, it definitely like, sounds. Why wouldn't he say who it was? Yeah, yeah, it definitely sounds like someone who is both one trying to capitalize on their like former acquaintance and saying, "Oh, mm-hmm. I think I saw." But I would not be surprised if he actually did see videos or yeah. did hear Gillian say, "Like, oh, we've got videos of a bunch of yeah, people yeah, having yeah. sex with allegedly Alan Dershowitz or whatever," yeah. uh, and him just, you know. Mm, spicing it up for the tabloids. Yeah, that's that's the vibe I get from this. I mean, especially in the last month or so, there have been a lot of really wild stories about Ghislaine. Very few of them have turned out to be, um, let's say, in the realm of reality. Uh, yeah. It's also my new Prague album. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, Billy Steele, if you're out there, Give me back my mango pods. I do like this one last thing that he said, though. And this will, well, we'll get into this now that we're going to talk about the trial. Uh, she told me about her Polanski plan <laughs> where she would flee to France because they couldn't extradite her. Jesus Christ. Um, that is, I mean. I really hope she called it that. I, if I, I could see her calling it that. Like, that's that, extremely that, that based. That rings like okay to me. But I also don't think this guy talked to her in the past like year or whatever. It doesn't seem like she had much contact with the outside. Yeah. I don't know. Let's, I like to choose to believe it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I would like it to be true. Well, I mean, of course I would like it to not be true. But it is true that they did all these horrible crimes. I would like for this guy to have done that. But we'll see. Okay, so main event, like we said, Brace and I were on the call today. We listened in live Mm -hmm. from the Southern District of New York uh, to a, you know, anticlimactic in this way, Zoom (laughs) court (laughs) session. Yeah. uh, Where Ghislaine Maxwell, we had the United States versus Ghislaine Maxwell bail hearing. It's yes. so crazy to just say that out loud, by the way. It's like, I do want to like think for a second, like this is pretty wild that this is happening. Mm. Like I will say, uh, I, I was hoping this day might come, but I, I wasn't really counting on it. And now that it is actually happening, I mean, just this morning I was sitting here listening to the call and was just like astounded. Like, I can't believe I'm, we heard her voice. Yeah. In jail. That- that like um, freaked me out. That yeah, it was totally surreal because there's this person I have spent a lot of my time, like a lot more than I think listeners would think, 
yeah. thinking about and reading about. And to hear her yeah. plea was just astounding. Yeah, I got. A, I will say when I heard her say, okay, so spoiler alert, she pleads not guilty. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I heard her say, uh, I plead not guilty or whatever she says, got, a, got some chills. I did too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And was- I'm... You know, I'm going to say something that I think is going to be a bit controversial. And people, I'm sure, are going to call me a contrarian and call me names. But I got to, you know, I got to put this out there. Kind of a sexy voice. I didn't, I, I, a little, little husky, a little husky. Too husky for you? I thought she would be more shrill just due to her class so, position in England. Okay, sure. But I will say I found it to be... A very calm, like there was yeah. like an eerie, calm sexiness to the voice. Yeah. There's a very, it was like a very powerful yin energy. A deep well of feminine darkness was being kind of exuded. Yeah, this is the drag, or she's chaos. Mm, she yes. is chaos. Yes. Um, yeah, she did plead not guilty, uh, but this was the bail <laughs> hearing. Right? And so this was to determine whether Ghislaine Maxwell would uh, be allowed to, for those of you who don't know what bail is, would be allowed to (laughs) basically spend the time of her trial outside under certain conditions. And so the way that this works is there's, it's, it's like kind of any court happening where there's, where there's two sides, the defendant and the prosecution, they both put up reasons that for the prosecution, she should not, she should be denied bail. And for the defendant's team, of course, that she should be granted bail. Right. Um, and I got to say, it was, it went differently than I thought. But, but mm. I think we should maybe back up a little um, and, and talk about for a sec how this came to be. Because in the courts, or rather in the prosecution's uh, sort of write-up, so what they both did is they both wrote memorandums, uh, essentially laid out their arguments before the bail hearing today. They were basically the same as what happened in court. Uh, I've read them both, and I I thought something really interesting about what the prosecution said is uh, is that when the FBI showed up to her New Hampshire home, they... Like, they had to get through a lock gate. They stacked up on the door, like SWAT team style. They saw her through a window run to a different room, which is <laughs> that the, the thought of that picture, like this pathetic woman, like fleeing from the FBI, mm. like into the other room. I Part of me does think that maybe she was getting rid of something or like, you know, it was time like to go. Like a banshee. Yes. Uh, they, they, they get in there, they find her private security guard, what's more on him later, uh, and arrest her and found a cell phone wrapped in tinfoil on top of a desk. Yeah. So, okay. Couple things. I want to just shade this a little bit. It was also mentioned that she was in her pajamas when they broke in. Not broken, but when they when the FBI entered the house, just mm-hmm. want to like add that to the image here because in my mind, and this is completely, I I understand um, that this would be completely incorrect, but in my head, she is wearing like fleece tigger pajama pants. Oh, absolutely, yeah. With like fuzzy Miss Piggy slippers. Yes. And like an oversized uh, novelty sweatshirt with Garfield on it. 
or whatever. Yeah, and she's yeah, yeah, like yeah. kind of shuffling into the next room. I can't imagine while, she's very limber. Yeah. She's kind of just like, and well, like a bunch of her electronics that they see on top of a, like, let's say 1965 kind of wooden box television. Yeah. Covered in aluminum foil. That's yeah. the image I have in my brain. <laughs> so I, I thought it was I thought it was really extraordinary that she actually used aluminum foil. So the reason which the defense lays out that she did that is because it was an approximation of what's called a Faraday case or a Faraday cage. Mm. People call them different things. What a Faraday cage is, and I have a lot of them, is they're I don't know what they're lined with. I don't care enough to know. I just know that they work to some degree, although not for whatever her purposes were. Um, you put your phone in it, you shut the cage and they're like eight bucks on Amazon and no signal gets in or out. So like right. you can literally take your cell phone, put it in a slim little case. I carry one of my backpack with me or I carry a few of my backpack with me and you, nothing gets in or out. And presumably too, that means someone can't listen in. Although if you are afraid of that, it, you put it in the cage and then put it in a different room. So like, yeah, usually, I mean, you up um, in the past, people would put them like in refrigerators. Yeah, the fridge is a big one. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Sometimes people do both, put them in a, right. ca- a case and in the fridge. Uh, every time I've done it, you just put it in a different room. And I will salt. say, I have never heard of aluminum foil being. Well, that's actually the reason I think that, like, for the tinfoil hat kind of thing, is because Aww. they do block some waves. I yeah. don't really know if that, from what I gather, it's not that effective. And from what I, I was a little weirded out by it, too, because. Uh, you know, as 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 the defense admits, you know, her her sort of servant bodyguard was uh, was shopping for her. I don't know why he wouldn't pick up something that's more effective. I have a feeling this is something that he came up with. Well, the um, interesting thing too is that the Faraday case, or if they're if that's what they're trying to approximate with the aluminum foil, is that what you're talking about is blocking calls or someone listening in. Yes. Right. So it would be for conversations you were having in the home. Mm-hmm. And that a cell phone, of course, I mean, I hope, you know, our listeners know this, but that cell phones and, and most electronic devices that are hooked up to a network can, can uh, just be readily accessed by the government as kind of like uh, local satellites and, and, and record yeah. whatever conversations you're having. Which, and they by the do. Way, they yeah, do. and they do that. And by the way, if you didn't know that, uh, you should read more into that because that's a thousand percent true. Um, but so my, so my thing is, okay, was she having, what were the conversations she was worried about getting picked up? Mm -hmm. That's one possibility or two, what the defense alludes to is that she was receiving threats about hacking her iCloud. Yes. Which I have to tell, I mean, look, I get it. The boomers, she's kind of like boomer posting IRL, but like, Tinfoil is not going to stop hackers from getting to your iCloud account because well, the, the iCloud account isn't a physical thing. Yeah. It's not like a part of your phone. It's yeah. famously I mean, in the cloud. That's what the I stands for, in cloud. And this is what happens, you know, Ghislaine not having kids. She doesn't have someone to explain this to her. Mm-hmm. And I understand that struggle that must be difficult for her. Yeah, I will say, so, like, her lawyer said that it was from people trying to hack in and that she has evidence related to her civil litigation. You know, she's been sued by several of Epstein's victims. Mm. Um, And that she put the the, the tinfoil around the cell phone so that 
yeah, like you were saying, no one could hack into it. And that she wasn't trying to prevent anyone from the government from, of course, listening to her or anything. It was solely to prevent people from destroying evidence. And, and the prosecution, or excuse me, the defendant uh, to, uh, representation says that uh, she should actually be lauded for doing this, for preserving yeah, yeah. this evidence uh, from, from malicious people Which, who might want to destroy it. Which, by the way, that feels a little bit incriminating. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, I thought there was no, what's there to be evidence of? Right, um, right, right. The curious thing about that, though, is why is it on top of a desk then? Is she just like, all right, well, can't let this thing out of my sight. Again, in my like warped cartoon version of the, the sequence of events here, it's like a flip phone, too. It's like not even oh, an iPhone. Yeah, absolutely. It's like oh, Blackberry. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like a, it's like a, not even a Moto Razor. It's like um some terrible, like like really bulky one, you know? Yeah. And then like the whole thing is is covered in tinfoil like a baked potato. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she just like has it. I am imagining there's, oh, it's the only thing on the desk, just on a corner. <laughs> I mean, I feel like if I had a cell phone that I had incriminating things on, which is almost assuredly the case here, I would bury that cell phone somewhere on my 156 acre property of my remote hand. <laughs> I would not leave it on, just in, put it in the desk, lady, like anywhere besides in plain view on the desk. Yeah, not very smart. No, and that's actually something that struck me about basically all of this is that you tend to think, and I know we've made this point before, but you tend to think of these people as like being smart or at least smarter than you. Um, but Ghislaine did several things here that make me think she's a fucking idiot. Mm, like what? Well, so something else that we learned from the, from the prosecution's sort of write-up and what they said today is that Ghislaine Maxwell, of course, we know that she paid for this million-dollar house in New Hampshire in cash, or at least by a wire transfer. Uh, and, and so what she said during sort of her pre-trial um, interviews, she said that she had no idea who owned the house and that it was by an LLC she couldn't remember the name of and that she was simply being allowed to stay on the property. Now, the FBI had a just this morning, before the fucking trial, this morning, tracked down the realtor who was like, oh, I actually think the realtor even might have reached out to them who said, oh yeah, that lady came by with another guy and she said her name was, no, they first say Jen Marshall and then they later say Jane Marshall. Uh, and she said she was a British journalist, which is <laughs> which. Okay, goosebumps. wait. Okay, we need to pause here for a second because uh, I, you know how much I love letting our listeners in, uh, breaking the fourth wall behind the veil, however you want to call it. So Brace and I are on speaker together, listening in on this call. But he's, you know, he's, uh, he's got his phone over there. But we're also, like, texting off of the computer because we like to talk to each other on multiple channels. Immediately when that line drops, <laughs> Brace texts me, a fucking journalist? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Amazing. I'm, th I'm thrilled by this. Uh, it was only natural. Of course. And, you know, she would not be the first Israeli spy to work for The Guardian either. No, of course not. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's where, the, you know. Exactly. Not even the first Israeli spy connected to a sex criminal, as in the case of <laughs> Weinstein and Black Cube's Man of the Guardian. Um, 
So she was with a British guy who said that he was a retired officer from the British military who was writing a book. And Ghislaine, of course, presenting herself as Jane, said that she was looking for privacy. Mm. Uh, they sent a wire, I think the next day after touring it, and immediately moved in. Ghislaine did not leave the property until she was dragged out kicking and screaming by a uh, crack team of, of X-Files officers. In her um, Winnie the Pooh, Terry Cloth, yes. polyester robe. Um, so I, I thought that was, that, that's kind of what I'm talking about here, is that, that and this happens several times today, is that the defense will be like, well, this is the case with this, like she's not a risk, or that she doesn't have that much money, or like whatever. And then the prosecution will say, well, she told us during the pretrial interview something that is immediately proven to be a lie. And mm, so yeah. that's why I'm like, her lawyers probably are very clever and, and, and I mean, clearly are very clever, but Ghislaine herself does not seem to be, or at least not canny when it comes to this stuff. Well, this is very, yeah, this was like a very weird, um, mm, contradiction because when we were, I, I will say that like, you're absolutely correct that like every time they, the defense would bring up these things, the prosecution would say, mm, no, that's literally the exact opposite of what she did literally yesterday. Yes. And they had this for multiple things. Um, but one thing I will say is that her defense team on the call sounds incredibly confident. Yes. And this is, yeah. you, know, you know, this is a team, uh, her lawyer, Mark Cohen, uh, very famous uh, Cohen and Gresser Law Group. It's a big, huge law firm. Uh, Christian Everdell, I think, is the other lawyer on the case who actually worked on El Chapo's <laughs> case. Yeah, he's so, actually, that, that's the case with a couple of her lawyers, is that he was a former U.S. attorney at mm. the, not the U.S. attorney, but like assistant U.S. attorney at the Southern District of New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cross-pollinating going on here. Yes. So these, but, I'm sure everybody knows each other here. Yeah. But I, you know, I just want to impress some people that like this, you know, this law firm is an incredibly impressive law firm. Uh, you know, they take high profile cases. That's what they mm -hmm. do. I will say like listening in, they sounded incredibly confident, even when they were caught flat-footed, it seems yes. like. Yeah, yeah. And... um. I will say that, like, I felt like the the Southern District, um, I, fuck, I'm forgetting her name. She sounded, the you know, the attorney representing the Southern District of New York sounded very shook, I'll just she say. She did, yeah. Yeah, she sounded more, Cohen seemed more in control, for sure. Mm. Uh, he definitely has, like, a very lawyer voice. Um, yes. And I do not mean that as a good way. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I was looking at their, it's their, their law firm seems like these, a lot of these people that, that she has working for her, I don't mean a lot. She has four people working for her. Um, but they have dealt with criminal cases in the past. Like Mark Cohen, I got to mention this fact. One of his big busts or one of his big convictions was, uh, was a guy named Tommy Karate. <laughs> who was a killer for the Bonino crime family back in July 92. So, so Mark and Christian have both worked on like non-white collar things, but their firm seems mostly to be a white collar firm. Like one of the big clients is Goldman Sachs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of her other attorneys, Laura Menninger, also used to work for it. So 
crossover with Goldman Sachs as well. So take that as you may, as as you want. I will say I was like not very impressed by the arguments that they put forth, mm-hmm. and it was like that's kind of what you're saying, where you're like, um, ha- like were they not prepared? What was going on here? Like it didn't seem. You know, it's like a little confusing how they were presenting their defense or, you know, at least for arguing for bail. Like, I mean, <laughs> at one point, um, Cohen starts arguing that uh, she should be let go because the, the the two there was like two lawyers that were let go for throwing or let go on bail for throwing Molotov cocktails at the cops. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those two, yeah, like just last in June. Yeah, yeah. He was like, oh, two city attorneys did this and they were let go. Therefore, Gilly Maxwell should be. And I was like, wait, what? What is this line of yeah, reasoning? It's, uh, uh, they also referenced the U.S. versus Khashoggi case. That of Which, course- okay, pause. Mm-hmm. Siren. Conspiracy nuts throw down because... Why the fuck is he referencing the Khashoggi case? I know why, but there are plenty of other cases he could reference for the point that he's trying to make. Yeah, yeah. This is not, of course, the recently deceased Khashoggi. This is the less recently deceased Khashoggi, a non-Khashoggi, the famous CIA arms trafficker who in the late 80s got in trouble with the U.S. government because he was violating the RICO Act, which is a you don't want to you don't want to get busted for violating the RICO Act. Although I will say, many let's say clandestine employees of the United States government have been got caught up on RICO charges. Mm. So, yeah. Anyways, he was basically trying to funnel money for the di- former dictator of the Philippines, Ferdinand Marcos. Um, which, when I read that, uh, I'm not going to tell this joke, but. Uh, Jose Mary Cison, the leader of the New People's Army, NPA, Ghislaine Maxwell, put two and two together. There you go. Uh, anyways, so yeah. Khashoggi, of course, good friends with uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's father, Israeli spy Robert Maxwell. And, uh, and I believe, although I might be wrong, I believe purchased the Lady Ghislaine. Yeah, I mean, there's so much there. It's the, the very yacht. bizarre that the defense would reference this case. Like, without mm-hmm. any wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I just don't buy yeah. it. I don't buy totally it at straight all. straight face. I mean, come on. So, so there were basically two separate narratives put forward. Well, yeah. Well, it was basically, it was a mirrored narrative. One is from the prosecution saying, here are the reasons that this woman needs to stay locked up. One's from the defense saying, here are those same reasons, but us proving that's actually why she should be let go. Mm. So one of the main things that the prosecution talks about is that she is uh, a citizen of a country which does not have an extradition treaty with the U.S. and which, in fact, does not extradite its own citizens at all. That country is France. Yeah, the Polanski theory. Mm-hmm. Because as, as listeners will know, Ghislaine's mother is French. Ghislaine has three different citizenships. She has France, the U.K., and, of course, America. I think she became naturalized in the early 2000s. And... Uh, if Ghislaine fled, fled to France, I, I, I knew that France doesn't extradite. I mean, famously and oftentimes justly, they haven't done that in the past. Specifically, it's kind of in the interwar period. Um, but uh, that would be like, so what the prosecution says is obviously she can leave to this country, which it would be very easy for her to get to. And then we couldn't get her. 
or if she left to the UK, okay, we can try to extradite her from there. But while that extradition process is going on, she can, first of all, hold that up for a long fucking time. And she's got friends in literally the highest of places in England. Right. Like, there's people, you know, who owe her favors, well, including the fucking queen. Yeah, photos just released uh, last week of her sitting on the throne <laughs> with Kevin Spacey. Yes, which a long rumored picture of Spacey doing that, but God, Ghislaine being there was, uh, I mean, I was shocked. Yeah. Well, actually, I was the opposite of shocked. Also, but I was, terrible I photo. I mean, flash photography horrible. and not in that cool, like, you know, point and shoot way. Just horrible. No, really bad. Um, the prosecution talks about her transient lifestyle, which I thought was really <laughs> funny. They use those words. Yeah, we um, should say, too, that, like, uh, kind of like you were saying, that you know, the prosecution offers this thing and the defense responds and they got a thing. Their response to the France thing was so funny because what they said was, what do you mean? She's got really close sisters in the U.S. that she's been very close to and uh, will never leave. And that's so she would never leave. She will never leave. Yeah. And, like, that's, like, basically the case they offered. Yeah, I, I, I did. I did. I was rather, well, not again, not surprised, but, but I was interested to see that Isabel and Christine Maxwell, though not by name, come up mm. quite a lot uh, during yes. this. Um, in terms of this, and she also, so this is actually from, um, from the defense, like this is just what you were referencing. Miss Maxwell is very close with her sisters and maintains regular contact with them as well as with her nieces and nephews. Mm, now, ding, ding, ding. Let's see what True Anon listeners can guess where we're going next. So close listeners to the podcast will remember last October when True Anon broke the story that, uh, that Ghislaine's nephew, one Alexander Jirasi, was one of two Clinton appointees to the State Department. Two, one of two, two political appointees. Uh, the other, of course, is a man who Virginia Jeffrey says molested her. So, oops, a lot of Epstein style, uh, ties right there, and just those pair of people. Uh, he was in the Bureau of Near Eastern Affairs, and he sat on the Friends of Syria Committee mm. and the Friends of Libya Committee. Mm. Now, you might be like, "Damn, friends of those countries? <laughs> those countries are really getting fucked up." Yeah, no, they need some friends. Hillary Clinton was is famously a very close friend of Libya. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so those were essentially the groups of countries that had pledged to overthrow the leaders of those countries. And in the case of Gaddafi, led to the death of him on the streets. Uh, uh, I can't remember which town it was in. I think Tripoli. Uh, basically sodomized to death mm. with a knife. Yeah. And so that is the kind of man we're talking about here. And we should mention that, of course, Libya is now one of the capitals of the world slave trade. So another thing that they say is that, well, actually, you know what? I want to I stay on this for just one more second. So they actually say that Ghislaine would not leave the country either because of, of travel restrictions related to coronavirus, mm. right? Yeah, okay. So, yeah. So corona becomes, or COVID becomes, like, a central part of both the prosecution and the defense strategy. Yes. And... Neither, I mean, I, the defense really doesn't go very far with it, which was a bit surprising. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if I was them, I would have been like, this lady is old. She's got Harvey Weinstein disease, mm. which means she's sick as shit. And guilty. Know? like, And guilty. 
Uh, and yeah, so, but they basically just focused on the fact that she could get it. Not that she was extreme risk if she got it, which I was very surprised by because that's like a really easy and semi-effective card to play. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder, there's a part of me that wonders if Ghislaine was like, you are absolutely not playing up my age. That's exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) And in relation to the travel restrictions, like, okay, well, Ghislaine couldn't get on a plane. And I have a feeling that if she did try to get on a plane anytime before this... She might have been met at the airport by somebody. No, she's gonna she's um, gonna have a chartered flight. Of course, she can get out of there. That's just ridiculous. Exactly. Like it's it's or you know what? She could take a fucking boat. Her ex boyfriend, very recent ex boyfriend, <laughs> or maybe current boyfriend. I don't fucking know. Uh, Scott Borgeson. He runs a company that all it does is trick. Or excuse me, track uh, shipping. Yeah. And so it's like it, it, it's name uh, maritime shipping. And so it's not like I'm sure that guy has some some contacts in the maritime world. Not to mention, you know? of course, her long-standing interest in seasteading. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> she could be fi- uh, you know, out there on the seas uh founding the new world, the new libertarian yeah. world order. <laughs> So another thing that came up quite a lot and sort of in, especially brought to mind what I was saying earlier in that she fucked a lot of things up and her defense really tried to ameliorate the damages and were not very effective mm. at it is in terms of her finances. Yeah, this was all very weird. There was like a, a, a very bizarre back and forth between the prosecution and the defense over basically if Maxwell was, it feels, I don't want to call her Maxwell. I'm just doing that because I was listening to the court proceedings today. If Ghislaine was being honest and uh, forthcoming about her finance, her finances. And basically the defense, you know, the prosecution is saying she's got all these millions wrapped up, you know, last episode or two episodes ago, we covered there are a bunch of tricky financial transactions that happened that the that the government was watching. They're seeing all this money move around. So they're saying she has all of these resources, therefore she shouldn't get bail because she can flee the country with all this money, right? So then the defense says, actually, none of that's true, and they're they're exaggerating everything. Yeah. And they kind of just leave it it's- at that. It, what what I thought was strange too is so Ghislaine gets arrested and they are they are interviewing her for this pre-trial thing I was referencing earlier, uh, and they they ask a question about her finances and they ask her specifically how much income she has coming in, mm-hmm. and she says zero. Now that is insane. First of all, the prosecution lays out and it was reported literally last week. I don't know if she read the papers that she not only has a trust of she set up a Swiss bank account last year, which is Always a move favored by people who are really just trying to be uh, forthright and uh, transparent about what's going on. She says uh, that she tells the banker there that she has an income of $200,000 a year from a trust. And she also has millions of dollars hidden in about 15 different accounts, including a lot of overseas accounts. So all told, there's numbers thrown around anywhere from 10 to $20 million that she has that we know about. And I'm sure that number is increase by whatever buried funds she has 
Or maybe she didn't bear any fucking funds because she's fucking stupid. Mm. Um, but she told, she told the government that she had no idea uh, how much money she yeah. had. And no, wait, I just want to pause for a second. That was a direct quote. How much money yeah. do you have? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and that, um, of course, the prosecution does have somewhat of an idea of how much money she does have. And so it's, 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 it was kind of wild to just watch her lawyers basically be like, they turned that around and they said that because of COVID, we can't meet with her, mm. which is true. And you don't really think about that. You can't meet with your clients during COVID, I guess, uh, because you could give it to them. Um, and, and because she's in jail, she can't get to her finances. And because the government didn't let her surrender, which by the way, was not on the table, uh, and, and, and insisted on arresting her, she had no time to go through her finances and, uh, and, and, and prepare like a, a completely transparent report explaining everything. Yeah, we should say too that the, the presiding judge, U.S. District Judge Allison Nathan, lady judge, uh, did not buy this argument at all no. and really pushed back on it. And it was actually pretty funny to, to listen because she basically was like, sorry, are you saying that you're like pushing back on what Cohen uh, Gillian's attorney was arguing saying, I'm sorry, are you saying that you didn't have adequate enough time for your client to go over their finances? Like just really didn't buy this argument yeah. at all. Well, that, yeah. And, and you know, for good reason, it's completely absurd. Yeah, I, Cohen kept saying stuff like that, like basically accusing the court of he, he several times, sometimes obliquely and sometimes pretty straightforwardly. He accused the court of of doing this really political prosecution. Mm, yeah. Which oh, and he kept he might be right. I don't he know. kept uh, what did he kept refer, he kept referring to it as spin and the media. Yes, it was all spin. It was all the media and the government spin. I really hope we get like a MAGA defense out of this guy because that would we're, be we're, real, I, we're real inching good. Towards that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go for it. Culture um, war, baby. I'm ready. <laughs> but he would say something like that, which, you know, when you're in court, you want to be extremely respectful to the judge. Uh, and he was saying sort of like aggressive stuff. And then the judge would be like, do you mean this by that? Like she would ask him if he means this thing that he's obviously saying. And he'd be like, no, I would never suggest that. I'm simply saying and then lay out some sort of mealy mouth way to yeah, say the same yeah. thing. Um, A real lawyer. Yeah, but that's another instance of, of Ghislaine doing something totally boneheaded. And then, uh, then her lawyer is basically trying to scramble to, to, to cover it up. Um, one thing, too, is that they were saying, like, so what she wanted, her release conditions that she wanted, because her defense team proposed conditions for her release, or rather, what would life be like for her out on bail? And the conditions are, I'm just going to read from this real quick. We propose the following bail conditions, which are consistent with those that the courts in this circuit have imposed in analogous situations. One, a $5 million personal recognizance bond co-signed by six financially responsible people, all of whom have strong ties to Ms. Maxwell and secured by real property in the United Kingdom worth over $3.75 million. A little footnote on that. In the prosecution's memorandum that they put forward, they're like, we can't do anything with property in another right, country. Right, right, right. I'm sure Cohen that's, knows. That's and her so like, property, right? And her family. 
yeah, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. She 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 apparently didn't explicitly make this known before today, but th- those are her sisters and 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 brothers. That that British soldier who was with her earlier, the, the guy who was her posing as her husband, right. although she might have really gotten married to him, who knows? Uh, is uh, was hired. She says by one of her brothers. Now she has a lot of family members. Yeah. She has a lot of siblings. So I don't know exactly which one that is yet, but I'll try to figure it out. So released her on this bond. But by the way, she actually didn't put forth any money, which the prosecution noticed. They were like, she refused to put forward a penny in 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 bond, and instead really insisted on using this property. Well, that's how the rich which, stay rich. Exactly. But like I- incredible. Like you'd think she'd at least like just try to be like, yeah, I'll give you ten million dollars, whatever. Just let me out. Right. Uh, two, travel restricted to the southern and eastern districts of New York. Of New York. Three, surrender of all travel documents with no new applications, like she doesn't have fucking more. Four, strict supervision by pretrial services. Uh, by that, she seems to mean, it's like sort of said in elsewhere, that she would hire her own security. Five, home confinement at a residence in the Southern District of New York with electronic GPS monitoring. As was made very clear during the call today... That meant a luxury hotel, yes. which the prosecution brought up several times. Yeah, that was a really amazing uh, sort of <laughs> sequence where uh, they kept insisting that, you know, she could just, if they would just let her go, she will stay at a luxury hotel. Yeah. It's like, read the room, but, babe. Well, the prosecution sort of rightly pointed out, too, is that, well, you say you have no money or you say you don't know how much money you have. How can you afford to stay at a luxury hotel? In a penthouse indefinitely. Well, COVID rates are pretty low at the moment because... I guess that's kind of true. (laughs) Uh, And the rest of them are like, well, travel limited to court appearances and the counsel's office and then such other terms as the court may deem appropriate. So that those terms were not received well. No, no. The uh, presiding judge basically shot all of that down and said... You know, pretty much, you know, laid it all out and said, sorry, no, there's there's no way that an ankle monitor, GPS, you know, home security, any of this is going to be enough, you know, to mitigate the ri- the flight risk. And, and it seemed like she really took the flight risk um, very seriously, which, you know, I think is true. So bail denied. Yeah, and they, they let, uh, they, specifically Annie Farmer was able to speak at one point, and she urged the judge to deny bail, calling Ghislaine a danger with many international contacts. Mm. And uh, that seems to be totally aligned with this. Yes. Now, the last, thing, the last thing that the defense sort of puts forward is that the case that the prosecution sets forward is so weak that Ghislaine shouldn't even be, is not worried about it, and so she wouldn't leave the country because she's facing such stiff penalties that it would just make more sense for her. Like, she's not, her getting this charge doesn't really mean that much. And in fact, her lawyer says that uh, if the potential for Miss Maxwell to spend decades in prison, in quotes, if she is convicted, uh, he says that the government overstates that potential. And in fact, her likely total exposure, even if she were convicted on all accounts, is 10 years assuming the court were to follow the traditional practice in this district. Yeah, well, this is where, I mean, you know, we should we should say that this is actually very interesting because the prosecution, or excuse me, the defense seemed to kind of reveal what their strategy was going to be for the entire yes. case, which is they are going to be, and, you know, I think that there, 
I think we had some, some suspicion, and we brought this up in the last episode where we talked about this, that this would be the case, which is they are going to contest these charges based on the non-prosecution agreement that Epstein signed with uh, the feds and say that the non-prosecution agreement, which, of course, remember, covers any potential named or unnamed co-conspirators in the past or future cannot be indicted. That's the, that was the arrangement that Epstein worked out with the feds that that would cover any potential charges, including these levied against Ghislaine. And this would be a way for them to throw out the entire case from the get go. I thought that was really interesting mm. that they brought that. Yeah. Up. Same. Because listen, we are not, I mean, I am disbarred, but mm. I'm a disbarred podiatrist, not a lawyer. Um, I, 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 I found that really like interesting because the NPA does not name. I mean, famously, it didn't name the the co-conspirators, the unindicted co-conspirators. In fact, the prosecution brings that up in their own memorandum when they say the case is strong. Uh, they say first the defendant was not a party to that agreement nor named in it which I thought was confusing because I thought the whole point was that no one was named in it as a third party beneficiary. And the defendant offers no basis to think that she, to think she would have standing to claim any rights under the NPA. Mm. So it says, yeah, this is also why we were speculating that they were focusing on uh, the years 1994 to 1997, because this was a time quite prior to the, um, alleged happenings under the non-prosecution agreement. And so the idea being that they could, they could make a more airtight case if it was outside of what the federal, um, you know, the federal issues were with Epstein. Now the, the defense obviously understood this and has also come back and said, they're not, they're going to have such a hard time um, proving a case 25 years old that there's no evidence, you know, throwing all that stuff out there, which I think is to be, you know, expected, but also makes me worry well, because I think, you know, I don't know, that could be true. Yeah, I, I honestly have no way. I mean, again, we're not lawyers. I don't know if that's true at all. I mean, it, her lawyers, who are pretty good lawyers, seem to think it's either true or it will serve as like a good roadblock. Mm. If they're smart, that was just a feint, a little Sun Tzu maneuver, mm. where they made it seem like that that was going to be their argument. And so the prosecution sort of prepares for that. And then they, bam, hit him with another one. Yeah. One-two punch. Um, but the prosecution does say that they have a shit ton of evidence and witnesses, including physical evidence. Yeah, so that was another interesting point. And I wonder if... I mean, I don't know. It was, it was interesting. They said they have all of the files from the Florida investigation in New York presently, and that mm. they're going through and coming through the both the local, I believe, and the federal files that were compiled against Epstein. And then this is, of course, when then the defense comes back in and says, you're conflating Gillian with Epstein. This is unfair. These are two different people. Yes. And, A line repeated often. Yes, yes, yes. And, and, and that seems to be another uh, potential cornerstone of her defense. Yeah, I will say they also they had a really amazing defense of the perjury charges, which I can't even replicate here because I can't do the lawyer thing. <laughs> but they're like, well, she was telling the truth. It basically boils down to she was telling the truth, and now you're mad at her for that. <laughs> which was like, that's yeah, like a they're theme gaslighting with them too. her. 
They're gaslighting her, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think that the Southern District of New York is playing it pretty safe with the time time period they chose. But also, remember, Ghislaine is not uh, being indicted for uh, child molestation. She is being indicted for basically what amounts to grooming, transporting minors yeah. across state lines, basically like uh, facilitating sex with minors. Procuring. She's, they keep it, using the word procuring. Yes, and... There are several charges relating to that. Uh, I think that they probably picked these out with all the... Like, I think the case is crafted around that. Yeah. Because those will more likely be easier to prove than like a rape case that was 25 years old. Well, the flip side of that is it was crafted around that or something has already been worked out. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you got to keep that's that, that in. That's on this. Well, it's not... I don't know what I think, but you got to keep that in the back of your mind. Yeah, when, when Cohen said 10 years, he was like, this, this, she won't get more than 10 years. That made me think, like, mm. what if she doesn't get more than 10 years? Yeah, fix is in. Fix is fucking in. I mean, remember, this person has, or at least had, at some point, tapes of basically everybody from Ehud Barak uh, to the damn fucking Prince Andrew in very, uh, let's say, embarrassing sexual situations. And so... That leverage is worth something. I'm just wondering, like, I don't think it'll be blatantly put out there or blatantly used, but I think it will be. Well, also, it might have already been. Yeah. Yeah, there's that too. Well, is there anything else? Well, I do want to mention just before, because we got to wrap this up. I want to say that, so they sent, you know, we mentioned they set the tentative trial date for July 21st, 2021. Mm -hmm. More than a year from now. That sounds insane. The yeah. uh, just to just to give a tentative uh, kind of schedule here, they sent a deadline for subpoena responses for August of 2020. So in the next month, they said completion of discovery will be by November 9th, 2020, mm-hmm. and all defense motions will be in by January 22nd, 2021. Now, another thing is the, the uh, prosecution said they do not anticipate any more charges will be levied against Maxwell, although they said, oh, the, you know, the investigation's ongoing, blah, 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 what they always said. But they basically said, no, we don't anticipate charging her with anything else. And they said, we don't anticipate the uh, trial taking more than two weeks. Yeah, yes. And I, I, I'm really excited for the subpoena portion because especially relating to the perjury charges, you know, the, sec- the, the facility and sex trafficking charges are, are you know, from 94 to 97. But the, the perjury charges, she basically, she just said that she had no idea that Epstein was doing anything, that it was all news to her. And that could leave us open to people being subpoenaed from different periods mm. in her and Epstein's relationship. And my number one goal for that is one Mr. Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> yeah, it could get real interesting. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I, I feel I'm like very cautious about even talking about the tr- a trial happening. But yeah, in my, it's, it's one of those things, and this is a good rule for everything. Never, never, ever count your eggs until they're hatched. Yeah. 
dies of just being ugly. You can't die from being ugly. What if she's the first? I mean, well, then we she's breaking the glass ceiling brace and you have to respect that. The thing about if dying, if you're ugly is that like, who would even know? Because, you know, you have such a repulsive visage that no one would ever come near you. Yeah, they just so key- people could be like, they just key them like regular deaths like they do COVID now. Exactly. Yeah, precisely. So who knows? She could she could uh, catch a glimpse of her craggy face in the uh, in the dangling keys of a strutting and whistling guard. And suffer such a shock that her blood coagulates, her brain explodes, and her eyeballs roll down the cell. A modern Medusa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go study for the California bar because I'm not disbarred from that yet. Um, I'm going to take a shower because talking about Gillian Maxwell for a fucking hour makes me feel disgusting. <laughs> I'm actually, tonight, right now, I'm actually going to go to the In-N-Out where Ghislaine is. Oh, I know. I'm excited. Take a photo. Photoshop me in because it's unfair I'm not there with you. Of course. Yeah, I'll just do face swap. <laughs> Perfect. But everyone always looks great on that. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, my name, of course, is uh, Brace. I'm Liz. We are, as always, joined by producer Young Chomsky. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.